From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you wherever you may be around the world. Welcome to Lighthouse Live. Pastor Mike Douglas here. Great to have you with us on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Of course, with us tonight, our uh, producer and co-host, Elaine Harlan, our prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl, Al Ramsey here, and special guest tonight. We're just thrilled to have him back with us. It's been a couple of years, I think. Uh, Wilson Copula and, and Wilson, I, I don't know, it's probably been three, four years, I think, since yeah, you've been with yeah, us. Yeah, about three years ago. Yeah, and uh, just, just had the opportunity uh, to be with you at the prayer summit. Uh, oh, it's a beautiful two, time. Wasn't a great time? Just it was. To, yeah. You know, it's an amazing thing. We can get up there. Most most of our cell phones don't work. People yes. can't get a hold of us. And it's a time just for uh, pastors to hang together in the presence right. of the Lord. Yeah, it's yeah. a special we're, time. We're down in the valley. We're disturbed so much with the phones. But up there, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I don't think there will be cell phones in heaven. I just, I'm anticipating <laughs> that they won't be needed. They don't work. Neither AT and T nor Verizon. Anyway, well, uh, we're going to be visiting with Wilson in just a couple of minutes. Right now, let's check with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with news from the Voice of the Martyrs. For more than 40 years, Colombia has been terrorized by kidnappings and murders by Marxist guerrilla insurgents known as the FARC. A recent campaign to bring the gospel to the FARC uses some courage, creativity, and technology. A pilot named Russell, partnering with the Voice of the Martyrs, flies at low altitude over FARC camps and via parachute drops solar-powered radios pre-tuned to a Christian station. What motivates this daring pilot? For a video of Russell and even how you can help make parachutes for this outreach to Columbia, go online to persecution.com. Isn't that amazing? You know, God really has gifted us with technology. And uh, isn't that an amazing thing? Solar-powered radio is being dropped over Columbia, right? You know, right? It's just the Farks. Yeah. Wow, I've never actually heard of them until now. But uh, just a reminder, friends, uh, this uh, 2011 is the year of the 25th anniversary of the signing of the first community marriage policy in the nation. Mm. First signed here in Modesto uh, about 25 years ago. And we're going to be celebrating that as pastors in town uh, commit 
to use the commer- uh, to, to use the community. <laughs> <laughs> Take two. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that, but anyway, they'll use the community marriage policy uh, to strengthen marriages in uh, in Modesto. And uh, it, when it was first signed, actually, they they tracked the results of the policy, and and divorce rates actually fell about 50%. And they were looking at divorce per Mm -hmm. 1,000 population. Our divorce rate dropped 50%. There have been similar successes all across the country. I think there's well over 200 community policy, uh, marriage policies now across the nation. And so it's it's been a wonderful tool, and it really is very simple. It's a covenant between pastors that we will Mm -hmm. not perform marriages unless... The couples go through a minimum of amount of that we agree upon of premarital preparation, and we don't we don't dictate what program you have to use. But you know we like to see four months uh, waiting period. We like to see uh, education in terms of co- uh, communication, conflict res- resolution, what God says about marriage, and uh, again, it's been a, a wonderful thing. If you are an ordained and or licensed pastor. You are welcome to join us and give me a call, 209-544-9571. That's 209-544-9571. On Friday, the 11th of February, we're going to have a a dessert for pastors and their spouses. And uh, love to have you come and and sign the policy with us. Dr. Guy and Roxana Grimes. Dr. Guy Grimes is one of the signers of uh, the second version of the policy. And uh, Dr. Grimes will be here to share with us, former uh, uh, senior pastor of Orangeburg. Uh, church here in Modesto. And uh, anyway, he's going to be coming back and, and sharing some uh, wonderful things with us. And we're going to have a, a mystery guest join us via audio. He won't be there in person, but uh, someone who is involved with the original policy is going to have some great words of encouragement for us. So if you'd like to join us, uh, please give us a call. And if you're in ministries uh, regarding marriages, you can attend as well because we also have a document, even though you may not be licensed or ordained, we have a document for you to sign in support of the community marriage policy. So give me a call, 209-544-9571, or email me uh, at info at vibrantcommunities.org, info at vibrantcommunities.org, and we can set you up. The tickets are free, complimentary dessert, and there will be all kinds. There will be lemon desserts and chocolate desserts chocolate all oh, right i'm and, there and uh, i'll tell you it's 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 going to be uh, one of those caloric evenings yeah, it's going to uh, be a lot of fun. Yeah, maybe we'll pray the calories out of it there you go <laughs> all right let's take a quick look at the volunteer center of the united way if you uh want to volunteer with the um carousel therapeutic writing and if you are a horse lover you just might want to share your love of horses with disabled children and adults. Volunteers ages 13 years and up are needed to, uh, uh, for a couple of hours each week to work with and assist riders during therapy sessions. Volunteers walk in the arena beside the riders who are on horseback to lead the horses, play games with the riders, uh, and groom the horses. Uh, prior experience working with horses or the disabled is helpful but not necessary, and training is provided uh, One-hour sessions are held Wednesdays from 4.30 to 8.30 p.m. and Thursdays from 4.30 to 7.30 and run entirely by volunteers. The Care O'Cell's mission is to enrich and enhance the lives of children and adults with special needs through equine-related activities, 
and is accredited operating center and a member of the North American Writing for the Handicapped Association. That is such this, a great thing. It is a great it? thing. It's mm-hmm. a wonderful thing. They don't they don't let me around horses. Well, I, 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 I'm sure goats I know about. <laughs> I I know about goats. You don't want to be riding goats. It's hard to ride a goat. Yet. They get really ticked off about that. Is there a story that. here? Probably not. Right. Uh, I wouldn't recommend riding your goats. They're miniature goats. They're they're it's very tiny yeah, goats. Very tiny. So right. don't be trying that. But you know that. <laughs> but they're they're addicts. My goats. <laughs> Cheetos. Cheetos. My goats are addicted to Cheetos. Thanks to a friend of the family. group. <laughs> yes, they are now in uh, ten twelve step group. <laughs> Goats have 10 we, steps. We, the rest of us we, have 12. We, you didn't know that, did you? I did no, not know that. No, it's a 10-step group for Cheeto addiction oh. for pygmy goats. For little pygmy so, goats. Yeah. Bless their hearts. Anyway, this is a great... <laughs> going back to the horses, this is it a is. wonderful thing. We encourage you to check that out, especially if you enjoy riding and, and want to bless the people that way. It's a great way to volunteer. And if you want to volunteer with the Alzheimer's Aid Society, you can share your clerical skills and compassion to support caregivers and adult volunteers are needed to uh, answer telephones, distribute brochures and materials and to answer caregiver questions. Uh, Flexible scheduling is available weekdays from 9 to 3. Volunteers must have caregiver experience and be understanding and compassionate and you need to be 18 years old as well and attend a caregiver support group not a Cheetos addicted now, <laughs> and gain experience and process and knowledge of program services. They were founded in 1981, and the Alzheimer's Aid Society provides support, education, and compassion to patients and caregivers throughout the journey of Alzheimer's de- disease to support medical research and promote public awareness. Um, the Center for Human Services has the Hutton House, and they, hey, we know Valerie Thompson yeah, over there. Absolutely. Great and, place. Uh-huh, they aid runaway and mm. homeless youth in crisis. Adult volunteers are needed at the shelter site to answer crisis lines, uh, perform intakes, and lead recreational activities. Also to tutor youth, co-facilitate groups uh, with group leaders to transport youth to meetings, events, appointments, can interact with them, chart in files, uh, participate paid in other activities to provide support to youth and the families. Uh, Volunteers attend 18 hours of initial program, CPR, first aid, and trainings and monthly training meetings. And you want to pass FBI fingerprint and criminal background reviews, physical clearance. That would probably let me out, wouldn't it? Uh, Uh, Yeah, you're probably out of that as well. (laughs) Child abuse index clearance, and um, you want to commit to volunteering four hours per Mm -hmm. week for a minimum of one year with these people. Training will be held Monday and Tuesday evenings beginning on Monday, March 14th through Tuesday, March 29th between 5 and 8 p.m. You know, that is an incredible resource. It really is. And, uh, you know, law enforcement uses uh, them mm-hmm. all the time, as a, and it's just a, a wonderful, safe place and, and good, tough love. Really you know, is. there, and Valerie and her team are just expert at doing they this. Do and a tremendous I encourage job. you to pray for them as well as to uh, support what they're doing. Absolutely. In the Hutton House is Stanislaus County's only shelter for runaway and homeless youth, ages 13 to 17, and provides basic residential services individual group and family counseling focused on getting youth off the street and reunited with their family. If you have any questions about any of these opportunities, feel free to call Barbara Borba. She's at 209-524-1307, extension 113. Again, that's 209-524-1307. 
extension 113, or email her, bborba at uastan.org. But don't call her about the 10-step program for the goats. You she, know, she probably has, has no idea what we're talking about. Shake her head that. and say, call Pastor Mike. He knows a little yeah, about sure. that. <laughs> Needs close to home here at ABC. We have a family with three children, just had a house fire. Mm-hmm. No one was injured, thankfully. However, they did lose some material items, such as their refrigerator, two twin beds, and a crib for their newborn baby. If you have any of those items to donate, please call us. And we also have a single dad raising a teenage son who needs an electric dryer. And we want to emphasize a working electric appliance. Well, I can tell you, if he's got a teenage son, yes. you need an electric you dryer. You need an electric <laughs> dryer. One that's working. One yeah. that's working. Call us at 209-544-9571, and we'll make those deliveries. Well, our guest tonight may just be like us, a well-kept secret, and we're going to let it out as we welcome back to Lighthouse Live our friend and brother, Pastor Wilson Kapula. It's great to have you back. It's It's my joy and pleasure to be with you this evening, Michael. Thank you for joining Mm -hmm. us, Wilson. And since you've been here on the show with us, uh, Mm -hmm. we do want to, well, we do touch base from time to time on the phone. Yes, yes, yes. We talk, and it's just a a joy to do that. And, And as Mike mentioned, you spent some days with him up on the mountain with some other Christian brothers and mm-hmm. pastors. And mm-hmm. how was that for you? Well, that was really, really wonderful experience for me to be with uh, white pastors. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was only one Indian pastor there up, and I was looking everybody, no Chinese, no other in a group, and all and a nice lang- Anglo pastor. That was wonderful to see how they love you know, other ethnic pastors and welcome them into their fellowship. I really enjoyed uh, the the great company and the time of fellowship with one another, and especially as we spent uh, the night, the communion night was so beautiful. Yeah, wasn't that? that Very, very exciting moment we had. You guys know know that Pastor Michael Wright, who facilitated, he is in India right now as we speak. He's been my good friend. Yes, yeah. And as a matter of fact, when my computer was hacked and you you got all the emails, and he got it in emails right to India, he called from there. To his office and call Wilson, you know, make sure he's okay. <laughs> uh, now he's got such a heart. Yes, he yes. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. one of, one of the the problems that we have in, in ministry in today's mm-hmm. culture is we're all going so fast. Yes. You know, we see brothers like you and and we say hi and mm-hmm. and and we're moving on to the next thing. We don't get time often to sit down mm-hmm. and and learn each other's stories. Yes. And yeah. and mm-hmm. Wilson, I want you to tell the story because God has given you an incredible heritage. Mm-hmm. What happened with your grandfather and such is just, I want you to, we're well, going to stop here. And, I want you to tell that story. Right. It is so compelling. Thank you, Pastor Michael. It's, it's my joy to share the story of my, my life otherwise. When, uh, when I read John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one only son, the whoever believes in him shall not perish but will have everlasting life. I always think, where did God start first his love? Where did he begin his love, you know? Is it in USA or Germany and England? <laughs> and I, I quite often I think maybe God started loving the place where my father was born, you know. That's the thing I look at, at the situation. And uh, to begin my story, God has a plan for each one of us, mm-hmm. you know. The plan is to prosper, not to harm and uh, as I was growing up in India, and uh, I was born in a good family, you know, my father was a pharmacist, and uh, he worked for a Mennonite brethren mission hospital in India, Shamshabad, Hyderabad. Uh, 
but I never saw my my grandparents from my father's side, and so when I was um, maybe four or five years old, I was asking my dad where are grandparents. He said, "Yeah, you know, they're you know." He he didn't tell me much, but uh, about uh, when I was seventh grade or eighth grade, and one day I sat next to my father, and then asked him, "I want to see and your father and your mother." He said. I never had my own, I lost my parents when I was very young and I became an orphan in the small village outskirts of Hyderabad. And I said, wow, but how did you get to this education? You know, you became a pharmacist. <laughs> and he said, well, you know, God sent uh, some beautiful missionaries uh, from uh, from USA uh, to India and uh, those missionaries uh, went to those small villages to helping the needy people the way what you're doing here and helping the felt needs of the community here, and so those uh, those days, uh, India was under British colony, and uh, the city that uh, I uh, I grew up was under a Muslim king, and but yet they, and that king allowed lots of uh, missionaries to come and establish hospitals and the the boarding schools, things like that. So uh, my father was picked up by this missionary by name James Pankritz uh, from Reedley, uh, Fresno area. And so he brought my father into his uh, mission home, Mission Bangalore, and they made him as a, as, a, as his son. And they said, you're my son, and you be in, in, in this Bangalore, but help in the kitchen and uh, do other errands and can go to school. And there's a boarding school. If you want to sleep with other Indian kids, that's fine, or else you can be here too. So my father chose to be with other Indian kids, so whole day would be helping in the Mission Bangalore and would go in the night to sleep with, the, with those Indian boys but as he grew up, and um, this missionary, you know, loved my father so much, and um, and he told my father, and uh, I want you to become a become a preacher. My father said no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he said no. And uh, so we finished his high school, and uh, they wanted to send him to some seminary. So my the missionary really asked my father. Hey, uh, they changed my father's name from some village Hindu name to Luke. And said, "Look, and it's good. You, you can be, you know, preacher or teach in a you know, Bible school or something." My father said, "No, I don't like to do that, and I want to do something different." And then they said, "Well, would you like to become somebody in the in the hospital?" Yeah, whatever. And they said, "Good. You know, we're going to start a beautiful hospital here in our town, and you would be the first pharmacist to work with." Uh, the first American medical doctor, she's going to arrive to India. Mm. Mm. And uh, wow. her name was Kathy Schellenberg, and she arrived to India and started this great mission hospital and work. And my father, as a young uh, graduate from uh, King Edward Memorial Medical School from Hyderabad, India, and at the time India was under British, so all the medical institutions were named after British kings and British, you mm-hmm. know, names. Mm-hmm. So my father became a young, young pharmacist and joined the mission hospital and uh, began working there, and later he married to my mother. She comes from a very good family by name Ruth, and so now both of them are gone to be with the Lord. But um, that's the story. My father always uh, <clears throat> appreciated missionaries' work, and uh, and he told me the story. And then I felt so so bad. I mean, in the sense in the sense I don't have my real grandparents. He said, "No, this Jim Pancras, your grandfather." <laughs> <laughs> the white man with a beard and all that. <laughs> and I said, that's great. And he gave me that little album and all that, all his pictures with him. And I appreciated that mission is great to sacrifice and helping you know, Indian kids and orphans especially. Mm. And so as my father, you know, you know, started working in the mission hospital, he always have missions in his mind. 
He told me, you know, missionaries are always great, no matter what they do. Mm. Their touch goes miles and miles. You never know how great uh, that work would expand. And uh, when I look back and see myself, and you know, I came to USA about 25 years ago, 26 years ago, to do my seminary training here, and uh, perhaps that missionary and uh, never thought, ever thought, one day this little boy's son would go to USA to become a missionary to Indian people in California. <laughs> I was thinking, you see how big picture God has in each of the situations. So that was my uh, story about my father and uh, myself. The it, impact that he would have on your life. Yes, wow. indeed, yeah. You, you said your mom's name was Ruth? Yes, yes. So yeah. was my mom. That was her name also. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's a beautiful <laughs> yes. name. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. So uh, that, that's, that's the story, you know, worked in my mind all the time, you know, uh, uh, being an Indian man from India, and I always wanted to be a missionary. Mm-hmm. And uh, which church would send me out as a missionary from India? Hundreds of missionaries are going to India, but uh, India was not ready to send missionaries out to other countries. So then what I was thinking, you know, my father was there, and he sent me to college, and I received my, you know, education. And I was praying, Lord, send me as a missionary to some place, and I don't know where. So God opened the doors for me to go to West Africa, Nigeria, as an educator. Mm-hmm. I went there, taught biology in, in, a, in a federal school system there. And there God opened the doors for me to minister to uh, Nigerian boys and girls there. And uh, I started a little in a Christian club there, and we planted a church there. And uh, that was a great opportunity. I began to see, hi, this is the way the missionary work is. You know, we were living in a, in a, in a town very close to Sahara Desert. And that town is so backward, no electricity and no running water. And the evening we'll have a little, and a kerosene lamps, and then we boil water and filter. I remember my dad was telling the missionaries when they went to India from California, they had similar difficulties, mm-hmm. no electricity. I realized, wow, how great <laughs> sacrifice these people made yes. to help somebody. Then I thought, this is worth for me to live in this country in Nigeria and to help those kids. So we were there for five years. Five years. I was yeah, my wife and myself. Yeah. Nigeria, yes. Did you have any inkling at that time that God was going to use you to send you to Turlock, which does have running water, <laughs> sure. by the way. Turlock Irrigation District. <laughs> is, uh, not so anyway. No, no. I, so have, I had no clue. You had no idea. No right? idea. I had no clue about the USA. I always looked at the map. Maybe the most people are living in New York side, maybe here in, in uh, somewhere in, in Washington a little bit. But in between, I thought, no, not many people live there. And uh, that was as I was looking at in the maps. Oh, there are, these cities are very, very busy, and here are some busy cities in between. Maybe not many people are living. And I always thought the USA may be full of white missionaries living here. Good people, helping people. That was my idea. Mm-hmm. But God, when he has a plan, he would show to us <laughs> according to his time. Sometimes you know? he has yeah. a different yeah. plan, doesn't Indeed, he? Indeed, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, my wife, we both were ed- educators. We have biology degrees. Mm-hmm. So we were teaching there. And then we took a good trip to travel to Europe, London, Germany, all the countries we travel. You know, we thought that's a way to enjoy time. But God spoke to us. You know, I'm calling you to do something different what you have been planning. So we didn't understand that for a while and praying and asking and one day we were in Egypt, and God spoke to us very clearly. And we were flying from Cairo to back now. Egypt in trouble now. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, By the time we were in Cairo airport, and mm-hmm. it's talking about 25, 26 years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, our flight was almost uh, crashed in the Sahara Desert. Oh, oh that's a big cry. And then uh, we were only Indian couple in that flight, maybe only Christians. I don't know. 
But when we were very young and uh, we were just married, five years went by, we couldn't have children, that's fine. But that's the time we turned to God and, Lord, uh, what is happening to our lives? And we are about to die now. And the pilot said, it may crash in the desert, be ready to cry to God, whatever the God you're worshipping. Mm. And so we wow. cried unto Lord Jesus, give us life and we want to serve you. Or else we are coming, take us to home. <laughs> <laughs> But sure enough, we were really in panic, and it was coming like this up and down, and you know, almost crashed and went up. And said, "There's a trouble in the engine; we can't land anywhere in the desert. So hang on there. If we if we can get out of the Sahara Desert, and then we'll see if we can land someplace." So finally, they landed in a different um, city, and then they put us in hotels, and they said, "We're going to repair this airplane, and we'll take you to the destination." Was that nobody, the scariest? Nobody moment? trusted that <laughs> repairing. It was very scary. Scariest yeah, and after life. that, you know, we we prayed for two years. Lord, is it really that you're calling us to serve you something? Where and how? We never thought we would be in the ministry and doing, you know, mm. pastoral job or missions work. I always thought in you know, the pastors, missionaries are different than mine my education, my background. But God spoke to us very clearly. And so we have resigned uh, for our jobs in 1980, I guess. No, no, in 85. 85, yeah. 85. And then we went to Canada to study Bible college one year. That was a cheap. And nobody sponsored me. Of course, we, we earned some money and saved some money. With that, we went to Canada, Winnipeg, from cold. I mean, from the hot to the cold. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, from Nigeria to cold. <laughs> So after that, we came to California, and uh, I did my master's uh, in Western Baptist Theological Seminary, but one year in Fresno, and then we began to see California for the first time, my grandfather's state. <laughs> 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 and uh, my, my, you know, that missionary who came to India was yes. from California, from Ridley. And so, and then slowly we finished our training, and uh, we wanted to go back to India, maybe teach in a Bible college. But God uh, began speaking to us, and uh, one one pastor in San Jose came to us. Uh, we were attending the church, and uh, he said to us, uh, Wilson and Mary, by the time we got three girls here, and uh, three children were born in Santa Clara, and uh, what are your plans? And you finished your seminary, where are you going to go? I said, wherever Lord leads me to go, I would go. We are back to Nigeria, I'm happy. Back to India, I'm happy, wherever it is. And he pointed out, to look, in Santa Clara and San Jose, so many Indians from turban people and uh, other kinds of people, computer industries, just picking it up at the time. And uh, there is nobody here, you know, from Indian background with a Christian you know, education or Christian background who would be able to uh, share the gospel with these people. And I said, uh, I don't know, it's very difficult. I was uh, on student visa, and it is very hard to live in this country, you know, if you don't have work permit and uh, so on and so forth. But we prayed uh, about four or five months, and uh, finally we felt God is leading us to do something. So we remained there, and then uh, we uh, changed our visas. We got our green card, and we began reaching out Sikhs and Hindus in San Jose, Santa Clara, for eight years. Mm. And wow. I was kind of, yeah, eight and a half years. And, uh, well, again, I took a little job by vocational, and finally a call came from Trollach. And several pastors, there was a pastor who worked in Japan, other pastor who worked in Pakistan. They had burden for Indian people. So they contacted churches. They're praying for a person who could come and reach all these people. And so they got my name into their list. So they contacted me. They came to Santa Clara and talked to us. Again, we prayed four or five months. And then they asked my pastor, give your insight and input. 
finally we came to Santa uh, Torlock from Santa Clara to Torlock, 1995, to build the work among our Indian people, mm. to reach out unreached group of people from India. They're all over these places. Every guest. We have a very high concentration yes. here in the yes, Central yes, Valley. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Why? Because you know it's a beautiful weather for Indians and heart and you know, agriculture kind of thing. So these uh, Punjabis who have come from uh, from Punjab, India, you know, they came here about almost 100 years ago, Stockton, over 100 years ago. Their first uh, temple, Sikh temple, was built in Stockton in 1907. So you can, you can see their, their presence has been here for a long time. But yet uh, very little work, and no work has been done among them all these years. Perhaps for the last 16 years, God has used me and my wife uh, to reach out hundreds and thousands of people and helping their felt needs. And we have opened a center called India Friendship Center. Uh, we have developed uh, English as a second language a curriculum for them, immigration, cultural, social issues. We pray, we encourage. Many, many have heard the gospel. India Friendship mm-hmm. Center. Center, yes. yes. And where yes. is this located? It is uh, 195 it? East Main, Torlock, California, 95380. Wow. And You know, Wilson, as yes. you're, you're telling uh, this story, yeah. uh, I, I see a couple of themes here yes, that, that yes, are just yes. so like Christ. Yeah. Uh, first of all, it, it, there's surrender. Yeah. You mm-hmm. surrendered everything in order to follow what Christ wanted you to do. Yes. gave it all up. Yeah. Even on that airplane, you yes. surrendered. Right? Yes, indeed. <laughs> right. I mean, because sometimes God gives such a call, and you have no other choice. That, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, surrender, and then dynamic prayer. You, yeah. know, you and Mary spent a lot of months and months yes. on your knees yeah. asking God for direction. And indeed. as you say, in his timing, yes. he tends to answer us. Yes. We, yeah. In our In-N-Out world, and I love In-N-Out burgers, by the way, but <laughs> in our In-N-Out world, we They're want... Healthy. They're healthy. They're <laughs> healthy. Yeah. We want an answer right now, you know, but God's... So I surrender prayer, and, yes. then, yeah. and then finally relationships. Yes. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking of, of the missionary that came, and mm-hmm. he... It, it wasn't just preaching at your dad. Yeah, he he yeah. developed a relationship and exactly. took him into his family. Exactly. And, and you are, uh, through the India Friendship Center and your ministry, developing relationships. That's you know? really and true. So yes. I think it's just an incredible reflection of God's character in, uh, in your life. Thank you. We're going to take a break here in just a second. When we come back, uh, Wilson, I want to talk a little bit about how... God is using you mm-hmm. as an Indian man to mm-hmm. develop relationships where I could not do that, mm-hmm. probably. Sure. Where you can and how powerful that is. Indeed. And, and Indeed. we'll talk about what's happening with those sure. relationships. Exactly. Well, friends, Michael W. Smith encourages the church everywhere in his song this week, A New Hallelujah, this week on Lighthouse Live. And we'll be back. <laughs>
The new Hallelujah with Michael W. Smith on Lighthouse Live. I love that. Song. Isn't that great? Awesome. That'll get you up and dancing. That one there. Huh? Yes. Honor our special guest all the way from Uganda. This is the African Children's Choir. Isn't that great? Wilson, uh, God, God has placed you here, and, and let, let's talk a little bit, as we were talking during the break, about mm-hmm. the difference in the Indian population in the San Jose area, where uh-huh. you were originally, and here in uh, the uh, uh, the Turlock and, and the Central Valley area, D- different uh, part, different cultures, really, from, mm-hmm. from India, right? Within India, yes, yes. Uh, Michael, if you see India, we have <clears throat> uh, 18 official languages and uh, and different religions, Hinduism, Sikhism, Buddhism, Jainism, mm-hmm. and Islam, and so forth. But when we see the groups of people that have come to California, I would say, of course, Sikhs have arrived in California a long time ago, but they are more of into agricultural type of people, so they choose to be in the Central Valley, like in Merced, Fresno, Crother, Torlock and um, Livingston up to Sacramento and all these areas. But when you compare people that are living, uh, Indian people in Santa Clara, San Jose, in the last 15, 20 years, more of the South Indians uh, that have uh, highly educated software engineers and high-tech programmers and so on and so forth. So we see those are uh, people with uh, education, civilization, more into that kind of group, group of people we see in Santa Clara. So if you go to San Jose and Santa Clara, you see these young uh, software engineers coming fresh from the universities or and everywhere. Mm-hmm. But when you come here, we see very few such South Indian high-tech engineers in this valley. Some may be working for gallows and maybe working in the foster farms. But we see more of the Sikh community here. They have good businesses. They have now uh, into business. Uh, they're into agriculture business, trucking business, liquor stores. And now they are catching up the subways. And and so they are very aggressive business people. And now the third, fourth generation, their children are going to the universities, studying, getting good education, and uh, their children are different. But you see the culturally, these two people, Punjabi speak Punjabi language. They're from north, and they're they're mixed with Greek and Aryans. They're very tall. Their skin color is fairer than the South Indians. But whereas we see South Indians come coming from Bangalore, Hyderabad, Madras, and Kerala, 
And these are all kind of uh, uh, Dravidian background people. And uh, education is well advanced in South India. And so they speak different language than these people. Mm. And they were close a little different than these people from Punjab. So those are differences we have. And so, Pastor Wilson, are they spiritually diverse? Are they open to the gospel? Are they hungry for truth? Elian, that's that's true. Um, Spiritually, all of them are hungry. And some of them are self-satisfied. But when we compare these two groups of people, uh, Punjabi says predominantly have a Sikh religion. It used to be a Hindu Mm -hmm. state, but the Sikhism started 500 years ago. So about maybe 50, 60 percent of uh, Punjabi people from Punjab state, they follow a religion called Sikh religion. And where the South Indians, you know, Hindu faith they have, they worship idols, they have multiple gods and goddesses. Mm -hmm. But whereas the Sikh religion has eliminated all that idol worshiping and and they're not uh, monotheistic. Sikhs are monotheistic. And where the, the Hindus are the polytheistic, they can worship any god. So they are searching for the truth. Uh, basically, Sikh religion has come very close to perhaps the Bible or Old Testament, one God. There's no beginning for God and no ending. So these two groups of people are searching for, that, for the truth, but uh, Sikhs perhaps are more open to the gospel than the Hindus. Uh, Hindus would say every religion came out of Hinduism. Hin- in uh, Hinduism, an ancient religion goes... A parallel with uh, Judaism, so they they claim all religions came out of Hinduism. So if you wanted to learn something, come to us. But the younger generation, they are more open now, and the education, civilization is enlightening their minds, and they begin to think and, and understand how could be there so many gods and goddesses. There should be one God, and who is that one God? Mm. How can we find those are the things that are happening? And today I see in India. I just came back from India. Uh, but uh, in October, I was in India last year, 2010. Uh, hundreds of young people are searching for the truth, and they're not going into into that kind of rituals. They're, they're searching on online, and they're finding the truth and asking some young pastors to come and help them. So those things are happening. And even in Bay Area, and I help a church there every weekend. I go there. It's a South Indian Telugu church, and I see some you know non-Christians that are coming from Hindu background are coming to the church, and they're finding this is only the way. Jesus said, I'm the Wonderful. way, truth, and life. Yes. Mm. It is yes. happening. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know, interesting you mentioned Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some extended family members mm-hmm. who live in uh, the Toronto yes, uh, area, mm-hmm. and their church is highly populated yes. by East Indian yes, uh, right. yeah. believers. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. But let's talk a little bit about the, you mentioned the, the monotheistic nature yeah. of the Sikh theology. Mm-hmm. What what are some of the challenges in presenting the God we know yeah. <laughs> to this likewise a monotheistic yeah. culture? Uh, what yeah. are some of the differences in in our belief systems that yeah. have to be overcome? Well, yeah, when when we come to present the gospel to a sick uh, person, if he's um, uh, educated, he would uh, ask a question. You know, there is one God. Yes, he would say, yeah. We also say one God. And uh, we are all sinners. They say we're all sinners. And then they say we need to have liberation from that sin, from the bondage of sin. Mm-hmm. So what is the best way we need to get out of that bondage of sin? They say do, you know, good five, five good things. You know, do not um, love the money. Uh, do not have the pride in your heart. And, uh, and also ask God to forgive your sins. Do good deeds to the people and help out of your resources to the temple or to any needy people. 
try to be good and then you would have a better life in the next life. So the Sikhs believe in reincarnation as well, Hindus and Sikhs. That's the main difference they have. Uh-huh. And even though they do not worship many gods and goddesses, even though they're monotheistic in their, in their faith and they do not worship idols, but uh, they believe in good deeds, karma. If your karma is good and uh, your next life will be better and then it will be better. So they believe 8.4 million times soul has to take that. Uh, how, how many times? 8.4 million times. 8.4 million times, yeah. Wow. They call it a charasilak. So that many times that has to go. But the difference between Hindus and Sikhs, you know, is Hindus believe that has to be uh, ongoing. We never know what happens and keep going. And if you're, nobody be good enough to satisfy God. So eventually you would become a dog or pig and then man again, so on and so forth. But Hindu, Sikhs would say, same thing we believe, but God has God is gracious. They believe in God's grace. If God really wants to save you, if he shows grace on you, he will stop the cycles. And then out of his grace, you can escape from the cycles of life and death, and he will give you liberation. He will make you to be in, the, in his presence. Wow. So it, it, it's a... A, a slight distortion, isn't it? it? Is, indeed. I it mean, is, here we, we we have God's grace operative. Yeah, right, yeah. We have an afterlife, right, right. but it's slightly distorted. Distur- exactly, yeah. exactly. So, and, and, and the other challenge we face with these people is they quite often say, we're, we're very close to the Christian faith. You know, we are, we, we want to keep up good morals. We want to, you know, give ten, uh, tithe to our temple. And we believe in one God. We do not worship in all these things. When I say, you know, God has come to this world, you know, Jesus became man. God became man and Jesus came into the world through virgin birth and he, he died on the cross and he came back to life and then he's coming back again to receive people, those who believe in him. They wouldn't ask me a question. In their theology, in their in their teachings, God can never become a man and live among men. That's the difference. They That's the difference. Christ out of them. Yeah. God can never Makes become sense. man. How yeah. could he become a man? God created everything out of his... Mm. Voice or out of his, uh, they call it uh, word, Shabbat. The very word of God has power in, 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 in all that creation has been created by God's word. And then man was also created by God. And then God could never become a man and live among us. So that's the question many times I, I, you know, they ask me and I, I help them to understand. And they believe in God's power. And they believe God has power to do anything. I said, well, God has a power. And can that God become a man and live among us to help us to find him? Yes, say, yeah. They, they begin to see that. So out of that little explanation to them, some have accepted the Lord. Many have believed, and uh, some came out and openly and, uh, and been baptized. So we have a church in Medesto. It's called India, uh, Fiji, Pakistani Church. <laughs> we have mm. people, yeah, you know, you know, wow. we have a group Amazing. of people come, so... These uh, new believers, they attend church and they, you know, they are there to get more uh, teaching of the Bible, discipling there. Now, in many uh, faith systems, mm-hmm. becoming a Christian brands you. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have those type of dynamics working within the Sikh community? If, if someone converts to Christianity, mm-hmm. is there that uh, ostracization that, that happens? Yes, or? yes, yeah, it is there, you know, but not like in India. India, they would take a serious, um, serious steps to, you know, stop that or do anything. But here, you know, laws are so strict. They would not, but definitely they would isolate them. They would persecute them very in a mild way. They don't care for them. Sometimes they neglect them in the family. So they look for, you know, other help from the churches and other people. 
but not that serious as it is in India. It doesn't become us and them. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. yeah. And then the main problems that we face when they become uh, Christians leaving their faith and the social, socially I told them don't have to cut off. For example, I have a believer, 10 years ago became a believer and and a retired man from India. He's still wears turban and uh, he's, you know, beard and he goes to temple, meet his friends. But uh, he comes to church, he reads Bible. We had a Christmas outage on December 18th in Trollhock. About 76 gathered and then about 30, 35 Christian people. We had, you know, outreach. About 120 people. And this man, you know, I, I don't mind telling his name, his name, Mr. Dilbak Singh, is a 70 years old man with his beautiful and a three-piece suit and a tie and a turban and beard and holding Punjabi Bible. And I asked him to welcome the whole crowd and, and got up and said, and praise to the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> and in Hebrew, I want to welcome everyone to the Christmas program, Indian Christmas program. I want to read Bible, the Jesus birth story from Luke chapter 2. All right. I to all listen to this. Ah, it was an awesome oh, testimony. So there are people like that. But I have other lady came to the Lord and a Baptist. Mm-hmm. Said, no, she's in deep trouble. Her husband doesn't want her to go to church. And he stopped her to go to church. I said, okay, sister, if you don't want to come to church, that's fine. And she asked her to go to an Anglo church. She's a nurse. She's an RN. She will take our children and go to the first service. And <laughs> I don't want to tell the name of the city. Mm-hmm. And we go to the church first service and then and get home. And he calls me, Pastor, I'm going to church. Enjoy that. <laughs> Great. You know, whenever she's me, you know, Walmart or Costco, she quietly comes and tells all the stories. And, Sister, I'm praying for you. And be strong. And I said, I don't care what my husband says. I don't care, but I want my children to know. No Christ oh, to take yeah. So those are the things that happen. So definitely, it is not an easy task for anybody coming no, to know Christ no. from Hindu background, Sikh or Muslim. Right, right, right. They would face a lot of persecution and isolation. But we need to pray for those people. And and this is a long term commitment, indeed, that indeed. you need to have to yes. this. This is not you know the sure. hit and run evangelism no, thing. This is long term yes, commitment yes. Yeah, yeah. to build relationships and, and trust. I would yeah. Imagine. Not only that, if young people come to the Lord. And then it's hard for them to find uh, you know, husbands and wives. I mean, you know, who would give them? You know, they're they're lost. Therefore, we have a networking. Those that are working among Sikhs and Hindus in in U.S. and Canada, and the pastors, we talk to one another. Hey, any any new believer in your in your church came to the Lord from you know from Hindu or Sikh background? I have a boy. You know, from my you know group, and yes, you know, become believer. He's looking for a girl. Would you like to connect? <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's a, you know, a good thing. I said, you know, otherwise, you know, they're lost. It's very hard them, very hard for them to find spouses. You know, yes. it's very difficult. A little matchmaking. Indeed. Yes, <laughs> yes. You know, with a seventeen-year-old daughter, I'm 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 oh, revisiting <laughs> this concept of arranged marriage. You know, <laughs> sure, you are. Yeah. And I see the look on Heather's yeah. face. Yeah, and Heather's yeah. like, oh, dad. <laughs> Uh, I'll get cards and letters on that one, I'm sure. All from one person. (laughs) (laughs) Wilson, how how can people pray with specificity for... Uh, you and the Indian Friendship Center. Mm-hmm. What what challenges are you facing, and and uh, what 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 needs do you have? Well, number one prayer request I would ask people to pray for the wisdom to reach mm-hmm. all these people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then a lot of discernment we needed because I may be ready, and as we read in the Bible, and the prophet may be ready, and the people need to be ready for that. Mm-hmm. So I want people to pray that the Lord may prepare the hearts of these Indian people that are searching. 
mm. uh, so that I may discern that I may be guided by the Holy Spirit to go to that that home, that heart to share the gospel. So that's a very important need I have because many times I, you know, maybe I'm wasting a lot of time with some people doing all kinds of things and you know, t- taking them to you know, doctor's place and help in translation, doing other things. But I don't want to do that. I want God's direction, God's uh, discernment, so that I may precisely present the gospel to these people. And then number two is, you know, I want people to, you know, come and help at the center if they are nearby and they can, you know, give me a call. And my number is 209-261-0547 if they are interested to come and help uh, teaching English as a second language, interact with the people, they can call and come and help. Could you get that phone number yes, one yes. more time? Yeah, two zero nine two six one zero five four seven. Two zero nine two six one zero five four seven. So teaching English as a second, second language, language would be yeah. a, a need that you have. Yes, there. yes, so yeah. We have one. we have three volunteers now. We need one more, and then we are, we have also de- uh, developed in a cell group of Bible students in different homes. Mm-hmm. I want somebody can go with me into these Indian homes to have a little Bible study. It is in, not a, a theological study, but like in a basic evangelical Bible study, you know, who God is and who man is, what is sin. Those kind of questions we study. And so we need people to uh, go with us to help. Those are the needs. And um, pray for a family. You know, again, the, the, the relationship aspect here is, is, is so important. And again, that, that long-term presence in the community is, is a, is yeah. a key to, to what you're doing. What, what do you see, uh, for the future as, uh, you know, these young people are, are coming to the Lord and, yeah. and, uh, hopefully finding, uh, you yeah. know, <laughs> a, a mate that's, yeah, uh, it's yeah. a believer as yeah. well. Is, as this new, uh, breed of Christian sure, right. yeah. from, from the Sikh, uh, community, what, what do you see happening to the Central Valley? Well, I, I really feel that, you know, now the, the, Society within our culture, I mean, within our center, uh, Central Valley has been changing. We have um, Indians, the third generation, but they're not Indians. Outward, they may mm. look Indians. Culturally, they're no longer Yeah, Indian. Their mm-hmm. thinking is like Westerns. They're talking, their ang- language, their accent is completely American. Mm. So I would, I, this is my desire. I'm trying to mobilize churches and educate the Anglo pastors how to relate to these people. And uh, they can they can be incorporate in the regular church. They will be wonderful. And uh, they can sing songs. They can play guitar. And once they come into the church, we need to welcome them. We need to, hey, yes. you're part of uh, our, our, our church. Exactly. And we need to have the multi-ethnic churches need to be established here rather than mm. one Indian church. Because these, these guys, they don't speak uh, Punjabi language. And they speak pure English. They're, they went to the here universities. They went to schools. They're perfect like in USA, you know, brand new kids. So brand new believers. So we, uh, this is my desire, young pastors of, of our valley, Medestor, Tolak, Sirius, wherever it is, if, you see, if I send a few young Christians or young non-Christian people who want to know church and get to know about church, what they do it. And so we need to welcome them, meet and talk to them and interact with them. Thank and you for that. Yes, otherwise. <laughs> How can you encourage all of us, the yeah, church, yeah. the body of Christ, to love one another exactly. like exactly. that? Exactly. And when you see a man, hey, welcome, Where, what's your name? And you say, my name is Manmohan Singh. You may not be able to say that name Manmohan Singh, you have to say Singh. But we can try. <laughs> try. Yes. And hey, welcome, come to my, you know, come to our church and how can we help you? 
And if if they you know invite them to home, hey, come and have a little you know, American sandwich. It, is they, is there a feeling of uh, being alone, of, of not being accepted? Yes, yes, uh-huh. indeed, yeah. indeed. And they're sure. you know, isolated. And I, I I took some people some years ago in Wailing San Jose, a bunch of old sick friends to church for three weeks. At the end of the th- this is my, 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 my practical training of ex- experiment of what, what would happen. After three weeks, and I had a meeting with the pastors and, and all, the, all the elders and the Sunday school students. And then I asked them, for three weeks, these seven, eight people were coming to church. How many of you went and welcomed them, shook hands with them? He said, no, we never did it. Mm-hmm. Why? I said, we don't know what to do with these people. Should we say namaste? Can we, we not say, hug <laughs> each other? Can we, not? Yeah, can we give a hand? Can we, <laughs> yeah, well, can we hug? We don't know. <laughs> And so they were isolated, and I asked our friends, you know, what do you do? We don't know how to talk to these white people. We don't know what yeah. they think about it. So there's a cultural gap. But those people... It's kind of like a junior high dance. Exactly. Remember that? You, know, you feel a little all, all the guys over here, all the guys, <laughs> yeah. and nobody wants to approach each other. Exactly. I God think, forbid uh, yeah, we touch. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Pastor Michael, what I, I would think, and I think the future of the valley would be if we really aggressively work mm. and share the gospel along with the Indian pastors like me and others, and if these new believers come to know Christ and the new people come to the Christ, we need to invite them to our church. Mm. You know, we have Hindu background people, Sikh background people, Buddhist background people. They're all Americans. They're born Americans. They speak yes, English yes, language. Yes. They act like, you know, Americans. They eat like Americans. To <laughs> to and we are brothers and sisters. sisters. Hello. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And so that's one of, the, one of the things that I'm trying to anchor at churches. Invite ethnic people in the church. Mm. Make it more colorful, like yes. a little mini heaven. Mm. Yes. Right. Yeah. Again, uh, and I, I'm sure, Wilson, that you would be available if there are pastors that would like some wisdom. And, sure, yes. Uh, let me yeah. give uh, Wilson's phone number again. It's area code 209-261-0547. That's 209-261-0547. Yeah, quick Co- word, quick yeah. word, Michael. I also connect uh, workshops and how to reach our Sikhs and Hindus. Mm. And uh, I've done it on a national level. I have done it in San Jose, Santa Clara. I'm going to do it in Fremont in the next in March or so. Oh, Anybody in this yeah. valley wanted to know the cultural issues and how to reach out to these people, I'll be, I'm available to give a workshop. Perfect. We need that. And very quickly, I want to know how Mary is doing. Mary is doing very well, and uh, she has been with me all the time. Right now, she's in shopping center. I had I <laughs> She's shopping. <laughs> I dropped right. her there. But our three girls are in the different universities. Oldest is at. Uh, San Francisco University is doing her master's and yeah, tour in UC Merced. One is UC Davis. And then Mary goes with me to different homes to, you know, Bible studies and pray and visit. Without her, it is impossible for me to do Amen, this. Amen, brother. Absolutely. Give yeah. her our love, <laughs> Wilson. Praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, Pastor Wilson Kapula, we have so enjoyed you. You have blessed us, our listening audience all over the world. We thank you, and you must return to us again. Thank you. Before thank three you. years goes by. <laughs> thank okay. you, Ellen, and all thank right. you, Pastor Michael. God bless you, and thank you for this opportunity to God come bless you. to share with we you. We love you. Thank you, dear friends, for listening at home. Have a great week, and you love others as you love yourselves. We'll see you next time.